Let us pray. God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations in each of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. I saw the documentary, Won't You Be My Neighbor, this weekend. This is a story of Mr. Fred Rogers, who created the PBS television program, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, which aired from 1968 to 2001. Like some of you, I was a fan. I saw some of you there, so I know I'm in company. I grew up watching Mr. Rogers, and I loved it. But for those who may not be familiar with the program, just a few words. Mr. Fred Rogers had a heart for children, and he was a confessing Christian, a follower of the way of Jesus Christ. And the way he felt called to live that out in his life was to minister to children. And he lived at the time when television was becoming a mainstay in the homes of Americans. And he saw the programming that was aimed at children and he was distressed. What he saw was a lack of dignity for humans, a lack of inclusion for all kinds of people. And he wanted to start his own show. He wanted to encourage children to know that feelings matter, especially hard feelings that are hard to feel, that it is okay to have them. And cre he created space for them to do so on his show. He encouraged listening and respect. And he had a heart to express something about the dignity of every human. He knew from his own experience what it was like to have feelings stifled by his household in a time where put on a happy face was maybe more of the norm. He knew what it was like to be bullied. And Mr. Rogers was so effective in part, I believe, because he was willing to be vulnerable. He was his authentic self on those television shows. Every episode, he expressed the dignity, the dignity, the inherent divine nature of every human being in many and various ways. One of his adult sons was interviewed for the documentary and said that it was a little tough, he said, to have almost the second Christ as your dad. <laughs> Mr. Rogers was a good man. And for sure, he did seek to carry out his understanding of being a child of God, a follower of Christ, in his work. But like us, he was very human. He lived with just as many faults and frailties and fears as each of us do or will in our own lives. In watching that film, I could not help but connect some more lessons I learned from Mr. Rogers with our passage today from the Gospel and how it can help the power of our Gospel story in our own lives today. So first, the, the three things that stick out for me from Mr. Rogers are his lessons about time, inclusion, and helping. Time, inclusion, and helping. And let's review the scene in the Gospel of Mark as we unpack all of this together. Mark's Gospel is very fast-paced. It's action-packed. One note that the Greek word often translated as immediately in English, is found 58 times in the whole of the New Testament. 70% of those occurrences are in the Gospel of Mark. 
So you have to pause and catch your breath when you're reading the whole gospel. In part, Mark focuses on Jesus as a servant of God, and a good servant is quick to respond when given instruction. A good servant takes action immediately when given a task. In our passage today, we find Jesus and his disciples on the move. They are traveling back and forth across the Sea of Galilee, where Jesus heals and restores those he meets in the large crowds that swarm around him. So many come because they've heard about the signs and wonders he has done of healing. In the passage before ours today, he was on the Gentile, the non-Jewish side of the lake, addressing the needs of those people. And today we find him on the Jewish side of the lake, knowing that his own people too have just as many needs. As soon as they arrive on the shore and the crowds descend upon him, a prominent and respected man named Jairus, a leader of the Jewish synagogue, rushes to him, falls at his feet, desperate and afraid for the life of his daughter, which hangs in the balance. She is gravely ill. Trusting that Jesus can help, he pleads that if he only comes and touches her, that his daughter would be healed. So Jesus goes. The crowds follow. But now we have an interruption to this very urgent mission. A woman, desperately afraid like Jairus, works her way through the crowd, hoping to touch even a piece of Jesus' clothing. Unlike Jairus, this woman is nameless. She's marginalized from her society, first for being a woman in a patriotic world, patriarchal world. And she also lives with an illness where she has been hemorrhaging menstrual bleeding for 12 years. And in that day and time, this made her ritually unclean, untouchable, that anyone coming into contact with would also become unclean according to the law. Even to sit where she sat would render you unclean and be caused to have you ostracized. So in her complete isolation, she, with great courage, made her way to Jesus, risking what might happen to her for breaking the religious law. Her desire for wholeness trumped everything. She makes her way to him, and immediately she feels healing happen in her body as she touches Jesus' clothing. And immediately also Jesus knows that some power has flowed out from him to another and that something wonderful happened. And knowing that healing is not just a physical reality, but that true wholeness happens in relationship. Jesus stops right in the middle of his urgent mission with Jairus to go save the daughter. And he pauses in that crowd, and the text tells us that he carefully looked around. He was eager to come face to face with the person who had touched him. And this woman with great courage came and confessed. Everyone knew she had broken the rules by coming to him. And she was healed in the word daughter. Jesus refers to her as daughter, immediately including her back into her society as God's daughter. Mr. Rogers, before we go back to Mr. Rogers, after this healing, while this is happening, 
the leaders of Jairus' home, his servants come with the news that his daughter had already died. And they tell Jairus, don't trouble the teacher any longer. Jesus overheard this and says to Jairus, don't be afraid, just keep trusting. And they continue on their urgent journey to the home of Jairus. Jesus tells him, your daughter's not dead, only sleeping, letting all who could hear know that death was not the end of this girl's story. So the lesson Mr. Rogers has about time is the value of pausing to slow down, to be mindful of what's going on around us. In one episode, he brought a turtle, and he put the turtle on the floor and just had us watch the turtle walk. In another episode, he brought an egg timer, a kitchen timer. He wanted to teach the kids what a minute was, what a minute felt like. How many times have we been told, just a minute, or wait a minute? It feels like an eternity. So there on national television, he set the egg timer for a minute while he and the nation sat in silence together. In our passage today, while on this urgent mission, Jesus pauses at the right time to carefully look around. Sometimes urgent missions call for slowing down to notice. While on the way to one healing, he was called to perform another. Mr. Rogers' co-workers and crew talked about this slowing down of time that Mr. Rogers liked to incorporate. One man said, it is slow time, but never wasted time. And with Jesus, too, whenever he pauses, it is not a waste of anyone's time. It brings, it brings around wholeness and healing. Another lesson Mr. Rogers teaches is the message of inclusion. With his Christian conviction of the inherent dignity, the worth and belovedness of every human, no matter what, he played this out on his television show in radical ways for his time. In one episode, during this era of institutional segregation of whites from blacks, he had a scene, he was in a backyard with a children's plastic swimming pool with a little bit of water, and he took his shoes and socks off, saying what a hot day it was. He wanted to cool his feet. And then in walks Officer Clemens, the police officer of Mr. Rogers' neighborhood, who was African-American. And he invited Officer Clemens to join him. And he agreed. And the officer, too, takes his socks and shoes off. And the camera zooms in on this pool where these two sets of feet are side by side, enjoying refreshment together. In our passage, the woman with the hemorrhage was stepping way out of the bounds of convention of that day, way out of what was proper for a woman relating to a man. Jesus, in approaching her, also broke convection. The woman was ritually unclean. She was a known name. Showing the world that Jairus and that woman are equal in all ways in the eyes of God, Jesus blesses her and calls her daughter as he calls Jairus' child, daughter. 
Jesus goes on to travel to Jairus' home where he does heal his daughter, waking her up. The very next scene in the Gospel of Mark, Jesus travels to his hometown of Nazareth where yet more crowds gather, more people are in need of healing. And as one of God's helpers in this life, Jesus recognizes that the mission field is great and there are a shortage of helpers in the field. So he commissions his disciples. He sends them out in pairs, empowered by the Holy Spirit, giving them authority as he has from God also to teach and to heal and to go without delay in the name of Jesus, to love as God loves, to live as Jesus was trying to live in the world. For God's love knows no boundaries. Friends, as Christ followers, this is how we too are called to live. We too are the sent ones. Jesus told the people in our story, don't be afraid, just keep trusting. And this is the message for us too today, to know and trust that we too are equipped as God's messengers and helpers. Mr. Rogers taught about the importance of helping one another. When he was a child, he said he was often afraid after watching the news. But his mom taught him that if ever he was afraid to look around and find someone who is helping others, that that would remind him that there are always people in the world helping, working to make things better for others and for the world. So Mr. Rogers passed this lesson on to his viewers and to children. Jesus was a helper. He sent others out to be helpers. An exercise that Mr. Rogers invited some folks into was to pause for a moment, to take some time out, and silently imagine someone in your life who has helped you and as you watch in that film, the many faces the camera is, is focused on as people pause to reflect on this, you see smiles come across faces. You see a softening expression. You see tears well up. God gives us to one another in this world to help one another, to help one another be restored to God's wholeness, to be healed in body, mind, and spirit. I invite us to do that now. As you are comfortable, I invite you to close your eyes and I will time us for one minute. Think about who has helped you in your life.
God, thank you for the people you have given us in our lives to help us, to point us to you and your love. Amen. At times, some of you come to Adam or to me desiring to help with a longing to serve. Like Mr. Rogers, some of you too become afraid from watching the news and you wonder, what can I do? How can you help? Some of you long to help the children separated from families at our borders. Some of you are are so troubled by the violence in our own city and our friends who live in literal war zones where gun violence is a daily occurrence. Or you wonder, how can you help people who are hungry or homeless? Or how can you teach people how to read so that they have a chance of being self-sufficient one day? And many of us wonder, how can we help our loved ones who are suffering in any kind of way? As you inquire, you are also expressing your calling as a Christ follower, already equipped, already with the heart of God, longing to be a helper. So I invite you to pause again. I invite you to close your eyes for a moment as you consider, ask God to show you who needs your help. Ask God to show you who and how you can help. To whom and to where is God inviting you to go and help in your community, your home, our nation, the world? God, hear our prayer. Friends, Jesus urges us today, don't be afraid, just keep trusting. And come to me as I come to you. For with me you will find rest. You will find God's shalom, the deep peace of salvation from anything that keeps us unfree. Just keep trusting that you are equipped to go out into the world to help the prisoner become free, to welcome the immigrant and the stranger, to feed and clothe the poor, to shower all of God's children with love. At the end of our gospel story, as Jesus raised Jairus' daughter to new life, He then tells those around her, give her something to eat, acknowledging her as a beloved part of God's human family, 
acknowledging her need for nurturing and sustenance. And friends, in a moment, we too will come to have something to eat together from God's table. This is a meal that lasts. In that bread and the cup, we are sustained for our journey as Christ followers, as God's helpers, that we might have bread and cup to share with others we meet on our journey. May we just keep trusting that all is well and all shall be well. Thanks be to God. Amen.